Life Radio. Stories at the intersection of music and life. Welcome to another episode of Music Life Radio. I'm your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio is a free podcast available on iTunes and your interwebs at musicliferadio.com and features interviews and stories about and related to music. Today on the program, an old high school friend, Disco Donnie Lemon. Donnie and I grew up together and went to school together. I remember doing sound at a ninth grade dance and they brought in his band eradicator to play and wow i was just completely impressed and i attribute that performance partly to my picking up the bass and joining some bands later on in college so props go out to mr donnie lemon for that today on the program we talked to him about his bands jack the hot rod the hard count Guns of Nevada, his solo project just simply entitled Lemon, and his Credence Clearwater Revival band Credence Rising. Sit back and enjoy another episode of Music Life Radio, this one entitled Disco Donnie, the Donnie Lemon Story. Here's a little song by Donnie's first original band that he fronted, Jack the Hot Rod, with a song titled Thrill. Welcome, Donnie Lemon, to Music Life Radio. It's great to finally reconnect after all these years, all right. over 25 years or so. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well, it's been a while. My first question for you is, how did you get this nickname, Disco Donnie? Well, um, it, it, it's been around a little while, and it kind of goes back to, uh, you know, whenever we're creating music and, and getting excited about a new song or something, apparently, I mean, but this is what I've been told. Apparently, I I use a lot of hand gestures and I kind of jive and it, I kind of get all dancey and excited. <laughs> so my ridiculous bass player one time, he's like, calm down, Disco Donnie, calm down. <laughs> calm down, it's just a song, relax. <laughs> calm down, Disco Donnie. So from that Disco Donnie right there, it's like, it's stuck and everybody started calling me Disco Donnie. So I had to live up to it and everybody wanted to see me dance and all of a sudden I became... I became a disco Donnie guy. I don't know. It's kind of uh, ridiculous, but, you know, that's the way the band stuff goes. Everybody's well, trying to do it. 
comic. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> awesome. It shows that you're super passionate about what you're doing, you know? So. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what it's Although I'm ridiculous, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> so I know you grew up in Kent, like myself, but um, for the listeners, yeah. um, what kind of music were you listening to as a kid when you were growing up? You know, what were your parents? You know, I mean, I'm talking early childhood and stuff. Yeah, my, my dad, my dad was, my parents were actually really musical, believe it or not. My grandparents kind of were, but my, my folks were just like listening to um, uh, like, you know, Johnny Cash or um, Dolly Parton was a big thing. My dad dug Dolly Parton, obviously. Um, like every guy did back in that day, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I grew up on some, I mean, that's good stuff, but it was very limited. Like, I didn't, I didn't, they didn't listen to a whole lot of stuff, but they liked this, this you know, Elvis and, and Dolly Parton and then, you know, kind of Jerry Lee Lewis and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of all I knew until it was really my brother later on in like junior high where my brother, even like, like grade school, I guess. My brother was the one that really started, like, he was three years older than me, started, like, hammering on me with these cool bands that I, you know, ACDC was really the one that hit me and stuck forever, you know. Yeah. ACDC and, uh, you know, some late 70s, Ted Nugent. And, and that's when I started, like, loving music was kind of then when my brother started hitting me over the hammer with that stuff. But, yeah, otherwise I just grew up with a really simple palette from my my folks, just kind of simple Americana credence kind of stuff. It's always great to have an older brother or some other influence that bring all that music. I mean, that's kind of, you know, where I I got it, you know, from my friends mainly because I was the older sibling and and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, somebody's got to expose you to that stuff and then it just sinks in you're hooked. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how long it would have took. I mean, I think I would have eventually, I don't know, through some other friends, but it happened early because of my older brother. Yeah. Um, he's still a great guy. Ended up being my best friend, you know, my brother. And he always comes to shows and he supported me. Whether there was five people in the room or, you know, a hundred, my brother's always been there. So it's been, been cool. Oh, very cool. So what got you interested in playing music? When did you, uh, first get that book? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, in junior high, when I started seeing friends play, play instruments on their own, I was kind of thinking like, so, huh. I don't just have to listen. I, I could actually could actually learn to do it. And and um, so I, I started it. I didn't really dive in too much, you know, but I kind of was starting to think about it and started watching um, how people were playing, you know. And, and at this time, we were talking about the hair metal days, you know, so it was a little uh, overwhelming. I was just <laughs> shredding like crazy. Like, I'm, ne- I'm never going to play like that. I mean... <laughs> Like I can't remember the guy's name, but we went to school with him, and he could he could play like in like eruptions from Van Halen. I didn't even know what an A chord was. I was like, I'm <laughs> never gonna ever gonna get this. But I started thinking about playing the instrument myself. I thought if I love music this much, maybe I just need to learn. And I did start dinking around a little bit, and uh, bass was the first instrument I started to play around with because my brother had gotten a guitar, and. Uh, and eventually led to led to thinking around on the guitar, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. <laughs> when did you put your first band together? I mean, it sounds like you were probably playing with your brother a little bit, and then, but when did you start playing with other people? Yeah. Then he he kind of he kind of lost interest on in it. We were big soccer players, so he kind of 
continued to just play soccer, but I kept trying to fiddle at the guitar. And the first time I really tried to play a riff, or I think it was, um, might have been like Highway to Hell, or uh, might have been like Rat, or one of those early 80 bands, would be with Troy Young, my good friend back then. Yeah. Some good old Troy Young, and he was playing drums in the, in the, um, in the band orchestra or whatever. So he could play drums. He was the only guy I knew that had like a real rock drum set. I was like, I, I, I need to take my amp over to Troy's house and play. So I learned like, I think it was Suicide Solution by Ozzy Osbourne or some guy. I don't remember what it was exactly through this little Radio Shack amp. Yeah. And, uh, I make Troy play, and I get to see he was just like, "Oh my God, you're awful!" I could just see him just <laughs> looking at me like, "You are absolutely <laughs> awful. This is awful." But you know, that was my kind of like, "I'm gonna do it. I don't care what anybody says. I'm playing." And you got a drum set? I'm playing. That's all it took <laughs> was the two of us. So then we tried to talk Troy into having a party or something so that I could step up and jam on it on, with him, but. So the first band stuff was like when I talked Troy Young into like playing some songs and I think we ended up we ended up learning a couple covers and I suppose that was kind of the first kind of band approach really. <laughs> yeah. Who who else was playing in that band? Let's see. Mark Stein. Do you remember Mark Stein? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So Mark Stein started playing like oh okay now he marks he's pretty good you know so we got him going and then we ran into this uh guy that wasn't going to school to us i remember his name clyde humphreys i think was his name ah. and he, he that was like one of my first bands really we learned 10 cover songs and he was like this flamboyant kind of david lee roth front man so we thought hey we got a we got a real band <laughs> we got a real band here and at the same time, I think it was the Sean Dealey and Nick Bill. We were dinking around with that too. That might have been the year earlier, and uh, you know that was the Eradicator. Yep, I believe. So that was kind of I, I was kind of trying to do multiple things at that time. I was kind of that was when I was learning, and they didn't really know. But Sean Dealey knew how to play guitar already. And Nick Bill was already, like, learning to sing. And I was the guy that was pretty far behind. So I didn't play that. I think they had another bass player, and I played a couple songs as all. But Eradicator, yeah. yeah <laughs> I think I, it was, like, ninth, ninth grade. Yeah, I remember doing sound at some dance, and you guys were playing. That's a while ago. <laughs> it was, it's a Isn't it? But it's I do remember ago. being totally inspired and going, wow, yeah. these are guys I know, these guys I didn't know they played. That's, That's so cool. That's cool, because at the time, you don't know you're doing anything. I, I didn't know I was doing anything. I was yeah. just like, I'm just going to try and play it. I didn't know that I was kind of, we were kind of being kind of ballsy. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I remember the talent show was like all these people lip syncing, and we were the only ones playing real music. And at the time, you know, but. But looking back, it's like, that's ballsy, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, Later, <laughs> leaders of the pack there. <laughs> a little bit, it was pretty early. So, what is, let's talk about a couple people from high school, because I know uh, Tom Kemp, uh, he, he's playing with you these days. Yeah, so, you know, at, at this point, I kind of wrote a few songs recently and um, kind of collected some songs that I had in some past projects. And Tom and I still stay in touch. So Tom jumped up on keyboards, and we wrote a little five-song 
CD this year that we just put out, and I just called it Lemon, and it's kind of my first, like, real solo. It's just five songs that I really dig, and we just did it as a three-piece, and Tom's, you know, he, he's just a great musician, so he kind of does the keyboard all of the doors, you know, where he kind of rides the bass line on one, with one hand, sure. and then he plays kind of the treble line uh, on the standard keyboard on the other hand, and I have a drummer, so that Vince, who's played in the Hard Count, one of the other bands we might touch on. But uh, that's been really fun. I know there's songs that, that are, you know, real close to me. And so it's been cool. We played a few few really good shows. We played the High Dive anniversary show last month. Um, we're playing with Joe Reinecke, um, up north at Daryl's next month, and that's on June 6th. And he's, Joe Reinecke is, like, just one of the best engineers and wonderful people. And uh, he's got quite the, quite the resume of projects from, Alien Crime Syndicate and the Me Seeds to producing, you know, Super Suckers and the Walking Papers. So he, he, it's oh, yeah. been, been really cool to kind of see see him, Joe Reineke, and see you know be a part of part of his studio. It's really cool. And here we have Lemon performing Wasted. Bill, of course, was that singer in Eradicator, and uh, I think I'd asked you yeah. earlier, but you, you kind of lost touch with him, huh? I did. Around that time we started talking about 90, early 90s, I, I saw him saw him about in 93 or 94, you know, I, I think we were, we were at a club watching a band and um, said hi and hung out for a little while and thought everything was cool and then just never, never really heard from it again. And I haven't run into too many other people who, who did. Uh, I don't know if he moved and just kind of started over. I know that leaving high school was, he was having a hard time coming out of high school. He just, he, you know, he was just hating things and yeah. hating school, wasn't sure what he was going to do, and, which yeah. wasn't totally new. A lot of, a lot of us were, were wondering what the hell was going on. We're still wondering. <laughs> still going? wondering what the hell's going. I know. If I quit this, I wish I could have quit this music stuff thirty years ago. No, it's been, I, I, I call it a double-edged sword. You know, I say I wish I would have quit playing music. You know, but it's not really true. Yeah. You know, I. It's just you know, the music. Music is like any other struggle, whether you're an actor or a painter or something. I don't know. I, you try to throw your stuff out there, and you got to have thick skin. Some of it, 
you feel really good about it. You go have fun gig. And uh, and if you're looking to be some big, you know, rich to do, it, it ain't it ain't the thing. Yeah, you, know, you just got to do it because you got to do it because you dig it, and it, it makes you whole. And uh, that's why I do it. So. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of musicians do it, and sometimes it just connects, and uh, they're able to make yeah. a living out of it. And you know, other times, yeah, uh, right. Like, sometimes it just hits, and sometimes it, it doesn't. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, maybe it can hit a few times and keep you going and keep feeding you some energy. And you know, they're not all going to be great gigs. Yeah, yeah, and then. Just one other person I want to talk about, and that's Troy Young, and we'll probably talk about him since he was in the hard count yeah. with you as well. But did you have yeah. any other involvement with other bands? Like, I know you played in some cover bands and stuff uh, after yeah, high school. So, yeah, so after high school, after, like, like, Mark Stein, Troy Young, and I, and this Clyde dude did the, did the Kentwood Talent Show, and we played Poison Talk Dirty to Me. Nah, and we won the talent show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, crazy <laughs> uh, and so after that I got the bug to keep playing and um, I, it was that following year you know um, Troy and I got together with some other guys and played in a cover band kind of your typical cover band I don't even remember the name of the band um, it was Troy and I and a couple other guys and we did covers and what was funny and like really cool looking back on it now is you know I would Troy and I were like nineteen and twenty. Yeah. And we were playing twenty one and over bars up here, yeah. like in Renton. There was a bar called Chaco's and we would kinda of sneak in there, you know, for sound check and then we'd play a three hour set when we were twenty years old wow. at a bar. <laughs> you know. But it was pretty cool. You know. I remember I remember one this is a great story. So we were sit we were at a bar called Jocko's, it doesn't really exist anymore. And this woman who owns the bar sitting on the floor by the load in by the kitchen and she's shucking shrimp. Okay, on the yeah. floor. <laughs> okay, so first of all it gives you an idea of the kind of joint this was. So yeah. she's shucking shrimp on the floor. And uh me and Troy walked by and we had played the Friday night and we were gonna play Saturday night and we're lo- we're coming in and she says, Oh drama drama, you need a lot of practice. She was this Asian lady. Drummer need drummer need a lot of practice. <laughs> so apparently we hadn't really, um, even you know, we brought her some booze and sold some, you know, made her some money, but she wasn't real impressed with with our family. <laughs> a lot of practice. Oh, that's funny. So every once in a while, even to this day, I'll say, Hey, so what's up? Drummer need a lot of practice. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after the cover bands, then it was on to maybe playing some of my other stuff. So what was, uh, what was Mark Stein up to? Have you kept in touch with him at all? Yeah, he ended up, um, he played a little while in some other bands, and we stayed in touch because then Troy and I and Mark did a three, started a three-piece not too too much longer than, than those cover band days called Jack the Hot Rod. And... Um, we, so we, and we still stay in touch a little bit, but he ended up, uh, getting married and having a kid quite later. You know, Troy and I ended up getting married in our early, well, mid twenties. Mark just got married, I don't know, five, six, six years ago and has a young kid. So he started pretty late. So he's pretty busy being a dad. I don't really talk to him too much, but, but, uh, Mark Stein's still, still kicking, still good guy. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 yeah so he's, he's just started getting into jack the hot rod that was your first band your like your main <laughs> band after uh, other than cover bands right right that was the first real original band yeah and we started that in the l- mid to late 90s so like 97 98 okay um I'd be, well 
gosh, I guess before that I was doing the, I was doing kind of this country meets grungy rock thing called the Gunmetal Blue that changed their name to Shinola. So actually, I was in that original band as my first original band. That band actually did real good for a while. I mean, it was kind of like the grunge era was closing, though. You know, yeah. the whole grunge thing had kind of done its deal when we were coming on. So we couldn't have timed it any worse, which is like <laughs> the story of my life, right? Yeah. So we completely came on the Seattle scene when everybody had just freaking had it. Yeah. I mean, just everybody was just done. And <laughs> so we did good, but in the context of doing good, you know, people were kind of done going out. Um, yeah. So those two, the singer and the, the, the singer and the guitar player were brothers and they ended up moving to Austin and uh, continuing to do some music stuff down there. And that's how I ended up starting Jack the Heart. I just started it myself. I said, I'm just going to do it. And so I pulled Troy and then, um, Mark and, uh, we started Jack the Hot Rod, and we did basically three three CDs over a few years, and it was a fun band and some good stories. And do you guys do any touring and stuff? We didn't do any so-called quote-unquote touring. You know, we, we played some out-of-town shows, but we never did some touring. We did some pretty noteworthy shows that I'll never forget. We we play we opened for Grunt Truck. Oh, awesome! Down in Tacoma. I love that band. It was one of the best shows uh, ever, yeah. yeah. Um, and at that point, I had pulled in a, a second guitar player. The Jack Dowd had gone from a three-piece to uh, a fourth member, Bill Bartell, which I had known from the cover days, cover band days. And um, so we went down and did that Grunt Trek show. It was great, you know, for anybody out there that remembers Grunt Trek, they were fantastic. And we did a mural amphitheater show where they were doing those local concerts kind of painting the grass type stuff back in the old days. Um, we opened for Jeff Tate. Yeah, his, he was doing a solo kind of an act, and that was pretty cool to play out of the space, you know, at the mural. Yeah. So we had, we had some other ones. You know, we played, pretty much played all the clubs that were happening back then and had some really good times and, you know, have some good rock and roll backstage stories in that band. So just good memories. Hey, tell us one, one of your favorite stories. Oh, boy, do I have to, um, let's see. <laughs> you don't have, have to, to use actual have names to, or anything. Have to anything that you're comfortable PG, sharing. Teaching them up a little bit. Well, one uh, one time, uh, I don't know why these stories are always involving Troy. I guess because <laughs> I don't want to convict convict myself. But we were playing one of these shows, and a lot of musicians have these horrible nightmare gigs. And one of them was us, and we were playing with like I can't remember how many bands they booked. They booked way too many bands this night, and we had friends there to see us play. And then I kept going on, and another band kept going on, another band, and people were just like, when are you going to play? And just <laughs> on and on and on. Well, they had backlined the gig, so you didn't have to change out your drums. Yeah. Well, do you tell Jack the Hot Rod back in those days that they're going to go on about 10 or 11? And it's literally almost 2 o'clock <laughs> by the time you go on, and everybody's gone, and we are wasted because we're young. And, yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, a few songs into the set, I just look back at Troy, and he does the final snare hit with the stick straight up and down, right, right through, and the other <laughs> stick on the tom. He just bashes his two sticks through the snare and the tom drum, so they just boom, the <laughs> both heads. Both sticks are just laying kind of half in the head and half out of the rim, and uh, we just walked, jumped in our cars, walked away, and I thought that's pretty rock and roll. 
That's free rock and roll. <laughs> that's um, our that's our Nirvana smash your instruments moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. Here's Jack the Hot Rod with Pig Like That. Nobody's gonna pull me under. I was saying that it doesn't matter. Do this, not that. Stand up and take it like a man. I smell your breath on my face. Your cold step penetrates nowhere. playing in a, in a band called Visitor 42, and we started in uh, 96 out here. Yeah, so that was that same era that, yeah. Yeah, and we actually did some cool tour. We, did, we didn't do any nationwide tours, but we would do like weekenders uh, up and down the uh, West Coast. But we went up and played uh, OK Hotel one time yeah. and uh, with MDC. So we were, we were more of a punk band, yeah. but that, that was pretty cool. So you guys yeah, the okay hotel. playing around at that same time, but um, I was at the okay hotel. I had seen Mother Love Bone before that really broke. Oh um, yeah, that would at have been the okay awesome. hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did Jack the Hot Rod kind of uh, simmer down, and then what happened? You moved on and formed up Guns of Nevada. How'd that all happen? Yeah, well, what was going on is that um, I had taken Jack the Hot Rod from a three piece to a four piece, and I, you know, in some ways it was the the quality of the music was, was probably better, but the edge was kind of, I don't know, I think the band was a little edgier and raw and, uh, as a three-piece. And so um, after having brought a guitar player in, it was kind of just not feeling quite right and just felt like maybe maybe we had done it. Maybe they had kind of done it. And um, I think at the time, Troy was having another kid. I had one, and Troy was going to have another. And it was just seemed like it was time to kind of break, take yeah. a break. But what had happened was at the same time I had been kind of friends with this band, a guy named uh, Gavin, in a band called uh, Lucky Stiff. I had mentioned to him, because we were bullshitting, we had played shows with them, Jack the Hot Rod, and then, you know, I was not sure what I was going to do. He's like, we should put a band together, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm working with these other few guys. And so, boom, I mean, I like, I'm like, only days went by. And we like hooked up this, with um, Adam Green, who at the time, well, I guess he had just left, was... Um, a DJ at the end, 107.7. Okay. And, uh, Reverend, Reverend Adam Green. Yep. So he was kind of a, he was kind of a character. I knew, you know, he was kind of a vibrant dude, kind of a band guy. We had this kind of punk rock drummer 
Doug Lynch, so I knew he'd be a hard hitter. And um, I liked Gavin was starting to kind of write some really good songs in his other band. And I was going to take on the guitar, and that would be a challenge for me to do all the guitar. And it just, bang, it happened. It's just like, boom. Like, literally days later, we were rehearsing at Eden um, at the rehearsal space in, uh, um, oh, God, it's in Victoria. Um, Evolution Studios, we started rehearsing, and boom, everything just started howling, writing songs. And so the band just, we called it Guns Nevada, and we just went to town and started, and it just all happened really fast in that band. So that's that's how that band got, got going. Where'd you get the name? How'd you come up with that? Well, D- um, Doug and Adam had lived there. And uh, Adam's a huge history buff on, on Nevada. Yeah. And it, uh, a history, and he, you know, he's kind of a, gambling addict so to speak and I guess that goes with a lot of us that play music and stuff we take <laughs> chances right uh, <laughs> we take we take risks so as we were throwing names around for me it felt like Guns in Nevada that it kind of represented the sound of what I thought the band was you know I was getting bring in these southern rock riffs and it's kind of country poet punk it was kind of punk and you know so to me it, it, sound wise it met the kind of title but um, Adam kind of brought it up and said, we're guns in Nevada. We're, this is, I love this area. This is where we're, we were for years and love it. And it sounds like the, the way the music sounds. So we just stuck with it. We're like, but you're not from Nevada. And we're like, I don't care. <laughs> it sounds like we are. So take that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we ran with it and it's been good to us. Talk about a couple of great moments. Now, I know one of the CDs or albums that you worked on was mastered by Jack and Dino. Where did you record that one? Yeah, we actually, that was the first one out. So we kind of, that first recording was done at a, a smaller studio in West Seattle called The Chicken Shack. And we did pretty good on that. And um, what we did is we wanted to get it kind of a higher end polish and even though it was recorded in kind of a smaller studio, we wanted to see if the mastering could give it kind of that big professional polish. And um, it, it pretty much did. But um, we had a contact with Jack and Dino. I think it was um, Gavin who had that contact. And so uh, we sent him over. Or no, it was the engineer who did it. Yeah. He sent it. That's right. It was our engineer at the time. Sent it over to Jack and Dino. And Jack said, yeah, that's cool. You know, I'll do it. it. Sounds good. And so we met with him real quick and talked about what we liked. and. He, uh, he ended up uh, knocking it out pretty quick and said he dug it, and we dug it. and So it was cool. It was cool to have that kind of a name and um, and, and have that quality on the first CD. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. just cool. What about uh, playing The Gorge? How did you get to that gig with the Tom Petty? Yeah, that was, you know, they, they say in the, the two, you know, and, um, Sometimes I think that matters. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I definitely. It, and I don't know that many people. So when yeah. it comes, I take it. So it was, um, <laughs> in this case, I think it was actually some some good just putting in our CD to the right people and a combination of that and an older contact. I, I think got a hold of Gavin. So we had kind of, I think it was a combo on that where we had done our homework, we had put in our CD to the appropriate people, and then... Um, a friend of a friend knew knew somebody, so we were able to to have that talk, and then we got we got the uh, it was at the side stage at the Tom Petty at the Gorge, and it was fantastic. You know, it's one of the great memories I have from playing. You know, I we brought 
I think I think they comped us like twelve or fourteen tickets. Yeah. I think they comped, they treated us really That's well. Pretty but, good, yeah. Get... Yeah, you know that. And so then we got there. So it was our girlfriends and our friends, and they all. The thing was that we had to lug our sound gear for the second stage, right? So we would set up side stage of the main the main gorge. Yeah. And uh, and we would have to run and 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 set up that whole rig. So it it took quite a bit of work from our our little group, our little posse. So it was fun to to be in that environment and be with our friends, do a cool little set. And, you know, granted, it's the it's what I would call the food court of the, uh, the of the Gorge Amphitheater, but you know what? It was still the Gorge Amphitheater, right? Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was pretty great. And then we saw Joe Cocker, who obviously passed away this last year, but um, I was able to see Joe Cocker open for Tom Petty and, yeah, and hang out in the cool hang out in the cool area. So it was yeah. good. It was it was definitely uh, one of those times where I'm like, I'm glad I'm playing these. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what other good stories do you have from uh, Guns in Nevada time frame? Oh gosh, the Guns in Nevada, boy. Some of them, some of them are blanked out. But I remember one time when we were going to a Friday Saturday gig. I think Friday was in Tri Cities, and we were going to Spokane the next day. And um, we we were pretty nutty, like well, like a lot of bands, we would play jokes on each other all the time. But something happened, and we had this manager girl helping us, and she was along, and somehow. Her purse got misplaced, and somehow it was the band's fault. Like it was yeah. us, right? It was our fault. So we had this big fight. We had this big like everybody's yelling at everybody out in the parking lot of this at this. I think it was called Ray's Golden Lion in Richland, and we were we were yelling at each other like, I, I don't have to watch your purse. What? <laughs> Just you know, after a few drinks, everybody's pointing the finger at everybody else. I don't know when your purse is. And some big shot Richland. Uh, you know, military guy who's deciding that he wanted to um, stick up for this girl who was yelling at us. We were yelling at her, which didn't look very good. But, yeah. you know, we loved her, but we were arguing. Well, it certainly didn't look like that for him. So he was going to kick all of our asses at the same time. <laughs> so Adam, Adam, of course, flips the switch, goes and grabs his bat, his Louisville slugger, <laughs> Starts threatening, he's going to, you know, this is going to get dark, right? And so I'm like, yeah. holy shit. So then he busts it over the uh, curb. He, like, slams it down, and it turns into this big, sharp object. And and the guy just pops. He finally, finally goes his way. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know what? <laughs> this was not going down the direction I wanted to go. I'm <laughs> so glad. Let's just, let's bring this down a notch. Yeah, so that was kind of a crazy night. There's been a, there's been a couple of those in Guns of Nevada where, the four of us, when we're together, we're—I feel like we're pretty damn good, damn. But we're a little. Each one of us is an alpha male. You know, you get four alpha males in the same band, and you get a little bit of trouble. <laughs> yep. Here's Church of the Bloody Mary by Guns of Nevada. Don't think that I'll be at church on Sunday. Hell, I doubt they'd even let me in the door. Saw the preacher at the bottle shop on Friday I guess I can't go pray there anymore So I'm headed for the church of Bloody Mary Where the welcome 
some point along the line, you uh, did you start the hard count while Guns of Nevada was going on, or yeah, it it, it kind of evolved as we were writing more songs in Guns of Nevada. Um, Adam and I were doing these riffs, and they were getting harder and a little a little more you know full on rock and a little less like country twang. Yeah. And we were bringing them, and, and it wasn't that Gavin didn't like them, but they just weren't going anywhere. They just weren't going anywhere. Yeah. And it was band stuff. We had two CDs at the time. We were done. And there were some things we weren't happy about. There was some band drama going on a little bit. But Adam and I just started, like, boom. They were just, these ideas were happening. They weren't going anywhere. So Adam and I just had an after-band talk, and like, let's go do a bunch of these songs in another band. I bet I could get Troy Young to come in and bang out and be in a full-on rock outfit. And Adam, you can, instead of playing bass for, gun, uh, for um, Guns of Nevada, why don't you just step up and, and sing and run around like a madman and we'll get this killer guitar player I know called Carl Vanderveld. We'll go get him and it'll be just four-band, you know, the yeah. Colt meets, Motorhead, and that we yeah, became yeah. kind of like the Colt meets Motorhead meets, you know, Hank 3, I think, a little bit. <laughs> and um, we wrote two and a half records in two and a half years and did some great shows in the Hardcats. So it was, it was a fun fun deal. But then again, you know, the thing about bands is it's a, it's a tough marriage. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the Hardcats, if I thought the Guns of Nevada was a hard band to be in, the hard the Hardcats was even harder. <laughs> What's the story yeah. behind uh, getting banned from three different bars? Yeah, so the good part of this is I, I used to feel bad about this, but I was talking to another guy I really respect in the music scene, and he's he's in some great bands right now and uh, pretty successful, actually. And he's like, man, if you haven't been kicked out of at least one or two bars, you're not playing rock and roll. And I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, I don't feel so bad now. So, <laughs> But... uh Adam and I, as much as we can get a lot of things done and create songs and be really proud of them, we can also butt heads and be total dicks. And one night at, at Slim's, I think it's Slim's because it, we tend to go, we, we had tended to kind of go there quite a bit. But um, that was one of the bars we were at at the time. And Adam just pushed my buttons and shoved me the wrong way, and I shoved him. And so two, band, guys, two guys in the same band end up, throwing each other on the ground out on First Avenue outside the bar. <laughs> and uh, they were just like, oh, my God. Like, they don't have enough worry about other people. But yeah. the band. But the yeah, so they, performers. <laughs> I heard they, they didn't like that. Yeah. So then another incident had happened a while later where there was a, 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 another brawl, and we happened to be there. So obviously it's our fault, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, Apparently, I was about. I threw this guy on the ground who was who was in my face, and the, it, there's more of the story. But long story short, he this guy got maced. Oh, right, <laughs> and he got maced out in front of, of the bar, and it floated into one of the bartenders. And of course, you know when an owner when an owner's employee gets maced, there's really no side to pick. You know, yeah, yeah. so. That was the end of that was the end of us playing that particular place. <laughs> well, then rumors, you know how rumors they, it's like Facebook nowadays. They just become bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. Well, it kind of grew into like we were just this horrible group of 
crazy psychos, which is not true. We're just normal dudes that are have drinks and get stupid and play in a band. Yeah. But it grew into something huge, and sure enough, we got this other gig, this other gig, and this chick band that's on it tells the owner they're not going to play if if we're on the bill. That uh. we we're a mess of we're delinquent jackasses and we shouldn't play anywhere in the city. <laughs> so we got banned from there. There was another club I can't remember that we're not allowed into. So one way to look at it is, man, I'm in like a real band, a band that is, is a little bit on the edge, um, just enough, and, and then I'm sort of, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> it's a little nutty. So now you've gone off and done a solo. Why, why did you go off and do that, and what happened to the hard count? Are you guys, you guys are done at this point? Yeah, I think we're I think we're done. Uh we did uh we did the record um uh Love and Hate and um we were really proud of that. And then we did Life and Death kind of a play off each other. So we did the two records, had a bunch of new songs, but um it was just getting tough to be in the band. It was yeah. getting really tough to be in the band. Yeah. And I had all these other songs and to be honest with you, the drummer at the time, because um, Troy had not been in the band for a little while. He had left. Um uh, we had Vince, uh, a, a great drummer. He was in the band and kind of felt like felt like maybe it was time to. And so uh, he he and I talked about doing this, doing a solo record, and that's how that kind of. Oh, okay. Well, there's some great stuff on there. I mean, uh, I kind yeah, of. Good, thank you. A little bit. It sounds like Dogs Demore. I don't know if you know that band at all. I don't. I was kind of look that up because I remember yeah. you saying that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to go check it out. Yeah, I think you like them. Yeah, so Satisfied. Let's talk about that song. That's a great one. That's on uh, available for people to check out. What inspired you to yeah. write that song? We have a video of that up there, too, that I think turned out really good. Yeah. A friend did a, did a good video um, taking live shots from our um, show at the High Dive and uh, just kind of putting some cool imagery to it. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, the, a lot of these songs are very kind of... <laughs> They're kind of about heartache and love, you know? Like, I was telling Vince that one time, I'm like, maybe I need to stop writing so much about heartache and love. He's like, you know what? What makes us all go around. Yeah. You know, he's like, you don't need to curb your songs about love and heartache. You know what? We can all relate to them. Yep. So that's kind of what most of these are. And Satisfied was a riff I had a long time ago. And I just, uh, it's it's kind of just, you know, I've had, I've had heartache. You know, I've had loss. And I've, you know, as most of us have, and uh, and that person's so far away. You know, I just want to, you know, with you know, it was it was satisfying, but a long distance relationship is kind of what that's about a little bit. Yeah. If you walk with me, I'll stay by your side.
Do you hope to do some more solo recordings? Yeah, you know, we, we have a set of another set of songs that we're thinking about doing kind of quickly, actually, you know, turn it around and do another one really quick. Um, kind of, you know, honestly, it just kind of depends on, on I am balancing a couple projects right now. Um, I like to stay busy, but at some point I start to feel overwhelmed. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing with music now. I think years ago, you kind of did one project, you know, but now they just kind of change a little bit. Musicians tend to tend to float between different projects. I, th- I think it's cool, you know, um, but I need to be balancing one too many right now, so I don't really know the answer to that. I know I will have a second one. I just don't know if it's going to happen quickly or not. The songs are really close to me. You know, I'm writing on these Lennon solo songs. They're, they're pretty much... See, here it is, you know, I'm completely exposed. These are lyrics I dig, these are riffs I dig. I'm not doing it for, to get popular, I'm doing it because it's my, it feels good, it's right, it's me, you know. Yeah. So it's got my name on it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great stuff. I hope you'll yeah. do some more of that. Good, good, good. So you yeah. mentioned a couple other projects you're doing. So Credence, yeah, your Credence yeah. Rising band, talk about that. Yeah, that's been the most surprising cool thing I've done with music probably in a long time because I always kind of, you know, just without saying it, was like, I'm never, ever going to play in a cover band again. Once I did that out of high school, or, you know, I'm just like, why would I, why would I play somebody, somebody else's music? I relate it to, like, painting the Mona Lisa. Like, why would you, why would you paint the Mona Lisa? It's already been done. Yeah. <laughs> Even if yours is a shitty, a shitty Mona Lisa, you know, at least it's your Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I always had that opinion, but to me, there were a couple of bands, um, you know, like I said, growing up and listening to with my folks and stuff that, that I would bend the rules for, and those would be ACDC and Creed's Clearwater Revival. So I get to, so I went and I, I really learned it. I really, really did the homework. It took us a year to really learn the 22 song hit set. And by the way, they're all hits, 22 yeah. hits. We, we did the work on it for a year, the guitar playing that is done by my uh, guitar player, Chad Kunish, is amazing. The bass is uh, done by Scott Riley, is amazing, and John Holm plays drums. 
and um, we do a great tribute to to Creedence, and you know, for the for the first time, I kind of you know, I kind of make a few bucks, you know. So oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's that's kind of a good thing. It's like you know, do, do a little hard work, make a few bucks, and um, you know, the cool thing is that people from our parents' generation can sing, you know, "Born on the Bayou" or "You're Gone the Small Eight" or whatever song they were listening to by by them. Or, and then, um, you know, my kid, who, who's 19, I have one son who, who, um, who will listen to it. It's like, can you imagine a band that spans that kind of generation? Yeah. You know, you're in, the, you're in the kind of stone genre now when you're talking about that kind of a span, you know. So I like it. I've really enjoyed it. Having said that, I do think the real, the real heart of being a musician today is still creating your own thing. And I, I will never stop creating my own thing even if it's not accepted or cool it's 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 your own thing and that's why i go see bands do it so it's kind of a double-edged song I'm saying i love it but 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 i'll never stop creating my own you know i don't suggest people do that yeah you know? well i mean that's a great uh band to be doing a tribute to any anyway so if you yeah. can make a little bit of money at it and still play some music and do your yeah. other stuff yeah that's awesome yeah and not to dog other other tribute bands, but I don't want to wear a wig and be my crew. I don't want. I don't want to, you know. And I love going and seeing those bands. I, I do. I, I don't mind seeing a Motley Crue tribute band or a Van Halen tribute band. But I don't want to have to wear a goofy wig. And I think I'm lucky that the bands that inspired me were very. Here's what you get. So we, even though we're real tribute and we we pay homage to the music, we don't really dress up and pretend yeah. like we are those guys. We just pay tribute to them. So. Yeah, that's cool. So then yeah. getting back to Guns of Nevada, you're working on a new recording with that project. Yeah. So that's kind of why the Lemon, I'm not sure it's going to happen quick or later, um, because Guns of Nevada, um, you know, having some struggles within the band, we took quite a, quite a time off, and, you know, we were doing the hard count, and now we're kind of back together, and there's a new set of songs and kind of a different set of maturity for us, and, um, we've got a video we just did that's going to come out next month for a song called End of the World. And um, we're going to have about a six or seven song CD in the next couple months. So Guns of Nevada has got new stuff and it's been exciting. Here's a question we like to ask everybody on the program. What does music mean to you? When I listen to music, it makes me feel like free. Like, ah, you know, or... or I don't know. I guess it's hard. It's really hard to put into words. Maybe that's why you're asking everybody. What does it mean to me? It means freedom to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So outside of music, what other hobbies do you have? What other things do you enjoy? Oh, man. What do I enjoy outside of music? It's so all-consuming, isn't it? <laughs> I, I have uh, my, pa- my passion is to ride my big Harley Davidson. Yeah. So... Yeah, I got a really nice, um, I've got a 99 uh, Harley Wide Glide that I like to ride, and especially now that the weather's getting good. And I got a, my brother's been saying, we, you know, we're not getting any younger. We got to get to Sturgis someday. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, you know, the big party yeah, in Sturgis, he's starting to say, maybe it's time to see if we can make a ride out there. There are other ones, you know, maybe it's time to really spend some time running out and seeing going on some bigger rides rather than just heading down to the, which I like heading down to the local bar and heading down to the local whatever. Uh, maybe it's time to hit some longer rides. I think that would be on my, what do I want to do right now? I want to hit some rides. Yeah. 
Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> Take a trip yeah. across the country like uh, the drummer from mm-hmm. Rush. He he went all over the place. <laughs> his <motorbike>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a motive to cure his broken heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had a lot of very, lot of pain to deal lot with. Of tragedy. Yeah. Got on that bike and tried to ride that tragedy right out of his heart. Yeah, <laughs> I read that. It was a fantastic. Book. Yeah, that's cool. I read it too. That was a good book. I wasn't a huge fan of Rush, and you know, after reading that, and then I saw a documentary behind the limelight, and I was like, wow, this is an amazing group of guys. Yeah. Incredible incredible story hard working i was like man that's why they made it that's why they're huge because yeah. they're they're every they're everything and they're on uh well, you know whether you're a huge fan of them or not oh totally I'll say that, but i did listen to the back when i was really young back in those you know ted nugent acdc days i did have 2112 on vinyl i put my headphones on i listened to the front to back you know, I'm so stoked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have some good songs. Stuff. I like I like a lot of the older stuff. The newer stuff, uh, some of it's not bad, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I like. I don't even know the new stuff. Yeah. That makes me feel bad, but <laughs> there's so much music out there now. You know, wow, totally. It's just a, possibly consume <laughs> it all. It's oh, it's just literally overwhelming. There's just no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like porno nowadays. You have to get specific. You can't just say, you know, search for boobs. You have to search yeah. for, like, you know, size 34 and a half, white, um, medium-sized nipples um, in the vicinity of uh, Southern Thai. You know, you have to get very specific. And that's yes. music nowadays. You have to get very, very specific about what you like. That's a horrible one now. <laughs> well, it is, I mean, it is kind of fragmented in all these multitude of genres it is kind of crazy yeah 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 so how is the lemon family doing you mentioned your son how's everything going where where are you guys living these days well i have a i have a place now that i'm quite happy with in south seattle it's almost renton okay and um yeah i have a i have a studio where i can kind of actually record pretty high quality you know like a lot of people have gotten these home studios i can i can get pretty far with that. I did the Lemon CD in my own studio and then had it mastered um, at Orbit Audio by Joe Anarchy. But um, I'm pretty happy in my little place here. Uh, the kid has grown up, so you know now it's time to kind of enjoy him as an adult and go do, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's time for me to, you know, like I said, take my bike and do some traveling. And um, So, yeah, you know, life's pretty good. I got my challenges, but it's pretty good. And um, My folks are still alive. They live down south. My mom and dad, and then my one brother is still like my best buddy. So, yeah, um, life life's pretty good. Well, cool. Where yeah. do we Where do we go to check out uh, anything you're promoting? Uh, your bands yeah. list off some websites and stuff for people. Yeah, uh, my schedule is always at lemonband.com, and so I've got my schedule, and then you know the Facebook, all the social media stuff there. Um, uh, on the Guns in Nevada side, so that's gunsinnevada.com as well so what I'm doing uh, on both those websites and then uh, like I said I've got a lot of projects so there's Credence keep your eye out for Credence Rising as we do all the celebration of the great music that Credence Rising or Credence the Water Revival has done you know spanning all the generations with all those hits so we play casinos and, uh, and of course that website's CredenceRising.com oh okay we, I, I appreciate you uh, rambling with me it's great Looks like you got a great show going there. 
Yeah, we've had a lot of people on. This is going to be like uh, episode 108. So we're not nice. Too bad. Look at that. Look at that. That's great. <laughs> Supporting music is such a great thing. We yeah, we've it. had some some cool people like uh, Kurt Vanderhoof from Metal Church on Jason yeah! Jason Everman. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's good people, and uh, it's always awesome to connect with uh, people I've known. Yeah, at some point in my life and whatnot, and uh, I'm glad you're able to do the do the show, man. Yeah, thank you. I um, I'm honored you uh, wanted to do that. I think it's cool that that we've got our our roots going to school together, and kind of the guys that we hung out with, and. For the most part, they're all doing good. You know, there's a couple dark stories in there, but for the most part, we've we've all done pretty good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, is there anything else uh, we missed that you'd like to talk about before we wrap it up? No, I just uh, want to thank you for for uh, being interested in telling the story. I put a uh, a lot of years in music, and I've had a lot of uh, a lot of great experiences. It's kind of refreshing that, uh, uh, that you'd be interested in hearing the story and the CDs and. Uh, all the projects going on and supporting all the music. So I just appreciate it. I want to thank you. Oh, absolutely. And this is a, uh, you're the target that we're looking for. Uh, so yeah. he's got a lot of stories and, you know, ups and downs yeah. in the music world. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and they'd love to have a couple of people come see us play. Um, after, uh, hearing about the project that I'm in, it'd be great. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Donnie. And enjoy okay, the evening. It'd be great to see you when you're up here next. Give me a call. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you later. All right. All right. Take a glass, hold it up Close your eyes and you can't see them again It's long enough to say hello This one's for all my dead friends Take a glass, hold it up Close your eyes and you can't see them again It's long enough to say hello This one's for all my dead friends For all the places you Take a glass, hold it up, close your eyes and you can't see them again. It's long enough to say hello. This one's for all my dead friends. And we're ending this episode with the hard count dead friends. If you're up in the Pacific Northwest area, you should check out Lemon. They are playing July 31st at Tim's Tavern in Seattle. His Credence Rising Band plays July 11th in Sumner, Washington at Gordon and Purdy's. And again, August 8th at Jazz Bones in Tacoma. And you can catch Guns of Nevada on August 7th at Jazz Bones in Tacoma as well. So check that out. Check out the websites for the most up-to-date information. Thanks for checking out Music Live Radio. I'm your host, Dan Slaughter, and we'll catch you next time. Take your glass, hold it up, close your eyes, and you can't see them again. It's long enough to say hello.